Hey, thanks so much for joining us for New Life Hearing Through the Word. Uh, my name is Jimmy. Uh, y'all know me. I am one of the staff pastors here at New Life Baptist Fellowship. And we are just walking you through and showing you how to use the HEAR method as we study the Word of God. We're going through a chronological study of the New Testament, and that chronological study today brings us to Matthew chapter 1. And we're going to be using the HEAR method as we study Scripture. And HEAR here is just a basic uh, acronym for uh, how we're going to study Scripture, which is highlight. We're going to just kind of mark what, it, what stands out to us. If that means literally taking and highlighting or jotting down, then we're going to examine or, uh, yeah, we're going to examine for the meaning of the Scripture in context. We're going to look at it uh, and, and just see the meaning of it. And then we're going to um, apply. We're going to take that meaning and then we're going to seek application in our own lives. What's, what's God showing us through His Word in context and in, in understanding? And then we're going to respond. And that is uh, just a time of usually prayer, um, but also meditation. Um, I like to refer to it as marination because uh, you can respond by, you know, of course, initially by prayer, but also by spending time thinking about the word that you studied all day long. I personally like to like to do my, my time with the Lord in the morning so that I'm thinking about it all day. But if you're a night owl, hey, that's fine. You can take and marinate on that for the next day or ever how you want to work it. Um, but there is response there, and, and that's encouraged to us by James as well. James warns us, he says, don't just be doers of the word, be or be hearers of the word, but be doers of the word. Um, and so live it out. And so we're going to be in Matthew chapter 1 today. Matthew chapter 1 is where we're going to be uh, because that's, that's kind of where our chronological study leads. And I'm just going to go ahead and start reading. Of course, we're going to be talking about the genealogy of Jesus. So Matthew chapter 1 says this, the book of genealogy of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. Abraham was the father of Isaac. Isaac was the father of Jacob, and Jacob was the father of Judah and his brothers, and Judah the father of Perez, and Zerah by Tamar, and Perez the father of Hezron, and Hezron the father of Ram, and Ram the father of Amenadab, and Amenadab the father of Nashon. Please forgive me, I may be not correctly pronouncing these words right. And Nashon, the father of Salmon. And Salmon, the father of Boaz. And Boaz, the father of Rahab. And Rahab, or, and, and Boaz, the father of Obed, by Ruth. And, and Obed, the father of Jesse. And Jesse, the father of David, the king. And David was the father of Solomon. And Solomon, by Solomon, uh, the wife of Uriah. Uh, and, and Solomon, the father of Rehoboam. And Rehoboam, the father of Abijah, A-B-I-J-A-H, and Abijah, the father of Asaph, and Asaph, the father of Jehoshaphat, and Jehoshaphat, the father of Joram, Joram, and Joram, the father of Uzziah, and Uzziah, the father of Jotham, and Jotham, the father of Ahaz, and Ahaz, the father of Hezekiah, and Hezekiah, the father of Manasseh, and Manasseh is the father of Amos, and Amos, the father of Josiah, and Josiah, the father of uh, Jeconiah, and <laughs> please forgive me. And his brothers at the same time, uh, at the time of de deportation to Babylon. After the deportation of Babylon, Jeconiah was the father. Oh, wow. This is a big one. Shealtiel? I have no idea. Uh, Shealtiel? <laughs> the father of Zerubbabel. And Zerubbabel, the father of Abud. Man, these are hard words. These are hard names. Abud the father of Elkim, and Elkim the father of Azor, and Azor the father of Zadok, and Zadok the father of Achim, and Achim the father of Elhud, and uh, Elhud was the father of Eleazar, 
and Eliezer the father of Mathen, and Mathen the father of Jacob, and Jacob the father of Joseph, and the husband of Mary, whom Jesus was born, who is called the Christ. So all the generations from Abraham to David were 14 generations, and the generations from David to the deportation of Babylon were 14 generations, and from the deportation of Babylon to Christ were 14 generations. Now, the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When the mother, when, when his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph before they came together, she was found to be with child uh, from the Holy Spirit. And the husband, Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But he considered these things, and behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for which is conceived is in, in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. And this all took place. Pardon me, page flip. And this all took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. And behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded, and he took his wife, but he knew her not until she had given birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus. So here we go. Once again, we have Matthew's account of what's going on, and just some simple things that as we kind of work through, and, and once again, I, <laughs> I want to apologize because I had a uh, rough time working through those names because they're not common English names. These are Jewish, traditional Jewish names that we work through. And But a lot of times I do think that, that kind of the immediate reaction that sticks out to me is that we want to gloss over these. We want to gloss over these and, and, and kind of just kind of throw them to the side. But but they're important, and I, and I want to show you why they're important. And, and it, you know, I, I, I'm as guilty as probably the next person. When I see genealogy, I just kind of, oh, goodness. And I take a deep sigh, and I, and I try to muscle through it, and um, I just wonder what is going on. And that's one of the first things that kind of sticks out to me is I ask a question like, why is this genealogy here? Well, here's the cool thing about if you have a good study Bible. I look down and I see the the you know the specifics of the genealogy of Jesus, and they're there for record. A lot of times we may forget that these books that are canonized in Scripture from Genesis to Revelation are to help us have record as well of locations and genealogies. And and the reason that the author was doing this is to give direct account that Jesus was from the correct bloodline that the prophecy was fulfilled about Christ through the correct bloodline. So we see that. And what, what is crazy is, is a lot of times um, what caught my attention is that in a lot of times in these Jewish genealogies and, and these records, it would just be the list of the father, you know, so-and-so begat so-and-so. I know all, it would always, it'll, it'll be the, the name of the man. Well, specifically here, Matthew lists three or four women. He, he lists Tamar which reminds us of, of the failures of Judah, of, of, of God's people, and Rahab, who was a harlot, and Ruth, who was a Moabite, and who was under, being a Moabite, she was under specific or, 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 or subject to a special curse because of the Moabite people. Um, and then you have Uriah's wife, uh, or excuse me, until she came, uh, it's talking about Ruth, but she was under that curse until she came to faith under your uh through your wife and then we have Bathsheba which was David's downfall 
but then at the end of that, Mary fulfills um, the birth. Uh, the Christ child comes through Mary. Jesus comes through Mary. And so there were specific reasons for these women being in- included, meaning that it emphasizing the the power of who Jesus Christ represent, why Jesus Christ came, and that he came to be the Redeemer, the Redeemer of all mankind, the Emmanuel, God with us. And so that, even even though as we look at the genealogy, we go, man, th- there is some purpose behind that. But then we have Matthew's account of the birth of Christ, and Matthew seemed very, very short and, and sweet and to the point. Um, you know, he... he he brings and he and he mentions the birth of Jesus Christ and and I think a lot of times we we overlook and and that's what stuck out to me too is that the birth of Jesus Christ you know his simple name right there and it's it was in quotations and so I just did a little bit of digging and I saw that 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 you know it, it was there's purpose behind that name for Christ it's not just a name a name it's the name above all names. And it was a name delivered by the messenger angel, Gabriel, to Mary. Hey, this is the name that you shall call your son, Jesus Christ. So we look through Matthew's account of the birth of Jesus, and it's, and it's a lot of what we've read before. Um, but it's, once again, very simple and quick and to the point. And, you know, once again, but this is more, this is more on the side. This gives a little bit more from Joseph's account in verse 20 when when he says but as he considered these things uh, behold the angel of the lord appeared to him in a dream saying joseph son of david and then (laughs) do not fear you always wonder like why a lot of the angels always said do not fear but then do not fear to take mary as your wife you've got to process a lot of the weight that was going through joseph's mind at that point and and so the angel of the lord comes to him and says hey do not fear to take Mary with your wife. Here's the deal. Here's what's going on. And so uh, we we see that conversation with with the angel of the Lord, and that he relays that that it is the Holy Spirit that conceived in her a child, um, and once again reinforcement of his name being Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Even at his conception, the mission was set out very, very clear about what Jesus had come to do. Even through the, the angel's message to Joseph. And so then it later says, and all this took place to fulfill what the Lord has spoken by the prophet. prophet. And so it's reinforced once again. The, the author gives the genealogy, and then he reinforces a prophecy here. He says, Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall, be, they shall call his name Emmanuel. And it's, it's cited from Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14. There's a footnote right there in my scripture that says that. And it, Emmanuel. Now, I love the name Emmanuel and, and because it means God with us. God's presence with us. And, and every time we say the name Emmanuel, Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke from his sleep, he did all as the angel commanded of him. So Joseph didn't hesitate. He did as the Lord commanded. And so once again, we see the theme of obedience, but we also see the purpose in, in, in what is always kind of a hard thing of, of 
the account of reading through genealogy. And I think there are some incredibly uh, interesting connections here, especially when we start with Abraham and we end with Jesus. And this kind of does remind me as we kind of pull and we, we kind of roll over and we've examined, we see how to start to apply. And I think one of the big application things for me as I look at all this is that um, there is meaning and purpose behind the Old Testament because without the Old Testament scriptures, we, are, we would have a hard time bridging the gap between Abraham and Christ and then the prophecies as well. And so we look at all this and we see the account of Abraham, the father of Isaac. There, there, is, there is a red line that runs from Genesis to Revelation that, that points to Christ. It's called the, the crimson thread, the scarlet line. Um, I've heard it called many other things. But, but the, overall, the overall scoping view of the Old Testament, and especially the genealogy of Jesus, is to show and give an account that Christ was from the bloodline that he needed to be from to be to be priest, to be king, and to be Christ. Like that that's what's being shown here. Now, I will I will go ahead and concede. I don't know as much as I could know. There are probably people in this world that know way more than I do. I'm just trying to walk you guys through just a simple study of scripture and and just showing you that that the birth of Christ we have similarities because we've, we've now read Luke's account. We've now read John's account, and now we've looked at Matthew's account. And yes, they tell the story in a different way, but they all contribute important facts to the same story. And I think we, we would be worried or need to be worried if we found, uh, if we had identical accounts in, uh, of a story in all four books. See, Many of y'all remember 9/11, one of the most tragic days in our in our nation's history. I was in college. I remember receiving a phone call and and somebody telling me to turn on television, and I thought it was just a small plane that had hit the first tower. I was getting ready for class, and and one of the as soon as I turned on my television, I saw. Uh, within a, probably about a minute and a half, the second plane hit the second tower. And I can share with you my account of 9-11 for the rest of the day. We went to class. Uh, I was at Spartanburg Community College at the time, and we walked into class, and it was dead silent. And the TV just sat, stood, it, it, the TV was on, and that was it. Nobody said a, a word for an hour and a half. Our professor allowed us to leave if we wanted to leave, but most of the class sat there and watched the happenings. We watched the towers fall in that class. Now, I go to your, if you live through that time frame, and I ask you to account 9-11, your account of, of 9-11 is going to be different from mine. But does that mean it didn't happen because it was different? No. It means you have a different account, a different perspective. And these four Gospels offer different perspectives on the birth of Jesus, and each coming from a different point of view perspective and telling the story. 
Dr. Luke is, is a little bit more detailed, writing to Theophilus to give a historical account. We have John, who uh, you know started from the beginning, literally. And then today, today we have Matthew giving us the gene, genealog, genealogical, <laughs> uh, genealogical look at the birth of Christ. So we step back out, and, and we've highlighted some things, and we look at this, and we go, okay, even on a simple day like this where I'm studying genealogy, Lord, what truths do I have that I can apply to my life? Well, the, the base foundational truth that I think that we can extract from this and never get tired of is the fact that Jesus Christ is Emmanuel, God with us. He is the Son of God. He did come as a, born through, through virgin birth of Mary. All of these things that we've read today, and that is a simple foundational truth that we have to recognize who Jesus is. And that's a big thing, too, because you look at anyone who wants to be critical of Christianity, the immediate thing that they do is they first attack that Jesus was just, oh, he's a good guy. Or, oh, well, he was a prophet among many prophets. Or all of this, no, 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 back it up, cowboy. He wasn't the, he wasn't the brother of Satan. He wasn't just a good guy. Because even, even that, let's even take that for a second. The people, oh, Jesus was a good guy. Okay, well, did he say good things? Yeah, did he say right things? Yeah. Okay, well, we have to take those right things that he said, and he was either, you know, I love this argument that C.S. Lewis kind of, you know, laid out. It's not bulletproof, and I know that there's objection to it and all that, but C.S. Lewis, you know, Lord, liar, lunatic. And we, we can, you know, examine that and go, you know, it may have been C.S. Lewis. I'm not quite sure. Please don't hold me to that, but... but it all boils down to Jesus being who he said he is. And I, and I love the account of Joseph because Joseph was brought into this thing because Joseph had the dads out there. <laughs> Joseph had the task of, of helping raise Jesus as his father, as his stepfather. But he, he, he pulled up his, pulled up his, girded his loins, put up, pulled up his bootstraps, whatever you want to say, and he, he took on that responsibility. He didn't leave Mary because, see, that, that was a big thing too during that, that time is that he was just going to walk away quietly and, and, and not put her to shame and all this other stuff because of all this. And then God steps in and says, no, here's the plan. Here's what you got to do by sending his, his angel. So we take and we apply all this, and, and that's one of the big things is that Matthew reinforcing that Jesus is who he says he is and that the virgin birth did happen and that God used Joseph in a great way. And then even on a day like today, I think it's important to emphasize even in the simple truths that we still stand on them and go, Lord, show me where I can apply this in my life. Show me where I can take this and make it and, and, and incorporate it and, and make it a part of my thought pattern so that it, it can be used for your glory. And that comes to our response part. So I'm going to pray for us. And we're going to respond to the Lord. And um, I would encourage you that as you go along today, if you want to dig more in Matthew chapter 1, 
do that. Take some more time. Journal, journal out your prayers or whatever. But we're going to spend some time real quick and just respond through prayer. So let's pray. Lord, we thank you for today. And Lord, we may not understand everything. And, and Lord, I don't want to complicate a simple truth that Matthew is trying to relay. He laid out the genealogy from Abraham to Christ. And, and it, it's a simple truth. And, and through those uh, fathers, sons, and mothers, and connections that you demonstrate through the book of Matthew, that, that those connections are on purpose to show the depth of, of, the, of, of the prophecies that were fulfilled and completed through Christ. That your work started long before Jesus showed up. And that prophecies were fulfilled through the birth of Christ. Lord, thank you for that simple truth. Let us stand on that simple truth of that Christ, you are Emmanuel. You, you are God with us. And Lord, let us live this truth out for your glory. It's your death, burial, and resurrection. You taking your sin, our sin, you taking our sin to the cross, Lord, and that through your death, your burial, and your resurrection, that that sin is defeated, the barrier that is that has separated us from uh, you is, is torn down, and that through our belief, our, our faith in you, Lord, that we have a relationship with you. Lord, let us not get tired of, of the joy and the miracle that is your birth, but also, Lord, let us focus, too, that without your birth, we don't have the resurrection. Thank you, Lord, for making a way for us, and let us use it for your glory. And we ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen.